Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, a show with a difference today because given that there's been no play at Old Trafford, it's been damp, I thought I'd bring you some cricket uh, from a beautiful setting, Bushy Park in southwest London, where in fact I can see three games of cricket going on all at the same time. There's Teddington against Hampstead in the Middlesex League, Teddington fielding Nick Gubbins and Sam Robson from Middlesex in their side, and they're in blue, and they've just racked up 337. And now Hampstead are trying to chase that. And then on the second ground, we've got uh, Teddington second eleven playing a game. And then over the fence, there's Teddington Town also playing a match as well. So I can actually see three games of cricket, almost uh, three balls simultaneously. Let's see who's going to bowl first. I think it's a, the bowler at the far end there. He's got a really long run. He's got to go and actually on Teddington Town. He's actually got to go and move the sight screen himself because he's going round the wicket. And he comes running in now from a very, very distant spot. Sort of rather ungainly run, but got some momentum to it, actually, as he runs in and bowls now. And that's down the leg side. And it's taken by the keeper on the second bounce. So maybe his run-up, a little bit longer than his pace finished up being. Uh, There's a nice clip through the leg side there on the the nearer pitch. Tending to the second 11, just flicking it to leg and actually nicely fielded. And... Here's another ball from Teddington Town, whipped into the leg side by a fairly burly-looking batsman, slightly reminiscent of Inzamam Mulhak. Uh, he doesn't run, as Inzamam never used to. And uh, here on the main pitch at Teddington, beautiful backdrop, long grass in the distance, trees, a few deer uh, basking in the sun, and lots of amazing wildlife, actually, in this park. We've been following the life of six little cygnets who were born... About a month ago, really grown up. There's a quick ball here from a Teddington opening bowler, fended into the offside by the Hampstead batsmen, who are currently 
two for two, chasing 337. So it's a bit of a one-sided game, this one. Lots of cyclists running past. And, of course, uh, that's another thing which is different. Uh, there's a crowd here, which, of course, you're not used to if you've been following the Test match. There are actually uh, probably about 150 people or so watching the various games of cricket on show today here in Bushy Park. Lots of picnickers and people wandering past. It really actually is the most beautiful setting. And in fact, Bushy Park has six cricket grounds in it. Uh, they'll all be very, very uh, active today. This actually is the ground where I played my first ever Middlesex Second Eleven game back in, I think, 1979. And I was shocked, actually, to find that in my first over, I took a wicket with about my third ball a Surrey number four batsman, Surrey second 11 number four, who'd actually played a, a fair bit of cricket in the first team, was quite a well-known player, actually. And I thought, God, that was an easy wicket. And then within about 40 minutes of being uh, on the boundary, there's another wicket uh, to Teddington, bowled through the gate, the Hampstead left-hander, so they're now two for three. This could be a short game. Anyway, I was uh, fielding on the boundary about 12 o'clock in this second 11 match and suddenly I heard this, these sort of sounds, rather sort of suspicious sounds in the long grass and the batsman I dismissed was, well, sort of cavorting with his girlfriend in the long grass, so it made me realise quickly that I hadn't really deserved that wicket because uh, clearly he wasn't that intent on staying at the crease for long that day. It also made me realise that it's not quite as professional, this game at that stage, anyway, 1979 as I thought it was. It has, of course, been a really difficult time for club cricketers and particularly for club chairmen and people running amateur clubs. So I thought it would be interesting just to chat to the two men who've been running Teddington for quite a while now. That's uh, William Fruin, the chairman for 17 years, and the guy who's succeeded him, Phil Eastland. My name's William Fruin. Um, I was chairman of Teddington for 17 years. Um, I played cricket as a kid uh, for for Berkshire and a little bit for Oxford University second team, lost my action completely and decided it'd be better off to be this side of the boundary for everybody's sake. So I sort of did a bit of um, stuff for Teddington. I ran their second team and then eventually became chairman after a guy called Michael Welch who did it for 26 years. So if you get this, you get it for a long time, by the way, Phil. I'm afraid you can't get rid of it quickly. And I suppose, you know, we're, as you can see, we're in a, a lovely park. We've got the best facilities around the place. The major challenges, what are the major challenges? I suppose recruitment is really the big one. You know, Teddington is not an obvious place to come unless you know about it. You mean to, as a, for players? For players, yeah, I mean, to get people to come here. Because um, we're in the middle of Bushy Park, which is obviously not a sort of uh, a highly populated area for a start. Exactly, only you've got Richmond and Twickenham where they're sort of much easier to get to. How do you persuade people to come? So you've got the, the key thing is to get people down here and they see this lovely place and they say they want to stay. So that, that's sort of the, the major thing is getting people down here. Um, and we've always, we're the only ever present in the Middlesex Premier League um, and then we decided that was absolutely key because it was slightly out of the way if we didn't keep at the top level it could slide quite quickly so that was a really important thing and then financially obviously to make it financially viable and we brought in a, a school which used it uh, during the winter and then we brought in a football club, which um, uses it also during the winter. The school uses it all year round, sorry. And the football club uses it in the winter. And um, so that set the basics for the club. So I, my view is, I'm a banker by trade, so if, if you don't get the finances right, you can't get anything right. And then it became clear that if we wanted to expand, we've got 400 juniors here, that we needed a new clubhouse. We used to have a lovely little 
shed, I think is the best way of describing two little mizzen huts put together. And we've been discussing for three or four years, even longer than that, four or five years, what are we going to do? And two or three years ago we said, right, this is happening, we're going to build a new pavilion. So that's been the sort of centre, and my view was, if I can organise the finance for that, and once it's built, I think... Job done for me. And, I mean, how did you actually organise the finances? Because I was going to talk to you about, you know, finances of club cricket. How do you manage to stay to stay above, above, uh, you know, total bankruptcy? Well, we've got we've got four hundred juniors. That helps. Uh, we've got about fifth, I don't know, seventy playing members, eighty playing members, and a regular one, and a lot of old members. So the actual income isn't too bad. The bar income, obviously, with the new pavilion, is going to be fantastic, and the school paid a, a rent and the football club paid a rent so that actually we we just about last 10 years break even or made a tiny tiny profit just all the time and then for the big pavilion we've been lucky we got a because we run a football club we got a big grant from the football uh, foundation ecb gave us a little bit um we signed up a new school who paid us quite a lot up front for a long lease rather than just we're there in for 20 years. As long as we're here, they're here for 20 years, so that nice upfront payment. And then we got um, a few, one or two big benefactors, which was great, and, and then everybody chipped in. So we're sort of, it's pretty well paid for. I mean, it's a small debt, but it's, it's nothing in the big scheme of things. So financially, we've now got a huge asset, which we can, it will, the bar will make it a lot more money than ever made before. We'll be able to do events if we want. It's up to us how much we use it, basically. Uh, the Royal Parks limit a little bit to what we can do. But financially, we should be now very solid. It'd be a shame. I can't quite see what would go wrong at the moment to get us into trouble unless we just misbehave so badly we get kicked out. Or something like that. Well, I mean, COVID certainly uh, put, put a, a, a bit of a mocker on uh, the general kind of uh, activities of the club. Phil, you've taken over as chairman this year, yes. uh, which is a bit of a short straw in well, a way. Has it been incredibly frustrating? Well, I don't think it'll be a short straw. I mean, this has been a this is a fantastic club, you know, and it's been extremely well run by William for for 17 years and set us up in a you know in a great position, you know, with a great great pitch, great pavilion, great junior setup, great set of adult players. So. I think it wasn't a short straw to, uh, to take up the the, uh, the chair role. It was a, it's a great honour, but obviously COVID kicked in and that did give us some some serious issues. I mean, well, issues. So, so what such as what? I mean, for instance, you know, well, William mentioned the the new pavilion here. which yeah. I suppose you've been gagging to open. Yes, it's been covered in <laughs> fencing yes, for about yes, three yeah, months. Yeah, so we've had to surround it with fences. We've had to lock it down. So I think there's a real sense of frustration there. But obviously, we knew it was here and it was going to be ready and Covid was eventually going to go away and we would end up eventually having great days like we're having today and we had last week when we we actually played our first game of cricket last week we had a big club day firsts and seconds mixed up up the top here and the thirds and fourths mixed up down the bottom on the on the second strip and lots of people came and friends and family and it was a good 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 day you know a great day for the club actually ultimately in hindsight, possibly even a great opening, although we didn't really realise it at the time, you know, but it just made it, that did. But the, the frustrations went away when we played that first game of cricket, is what I would say. Yes, I suppose it's, it's a bit like uh, getting out for naught and you feel incredibly <laughs> upset, but then yeah. as soon as you hit the next one in the middle, yes. you've forgotten yes. that being yeah. out yeah, first Yeah, I think ball, we're quite, we? you know, the sun's shining and we're all here and, and but that's all a little bit forgotten. But yeah, I think... Um, I think frustration at not playing cricket, mm. frustration at not being able to use the facilities, um, 
but uh, we had tremendous, the members were tremendous. I mean, you know, we asked them for membership subscriptions and, and a lot contributed. You even suckered me into joining. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. just tell me about Bushy Park, actually, because it's a bit yeah. of a, in a way, it's a bit of a cricketing mecca, isn't it? There are yes. four clubs here in the park. and five, I think Five, actually. Five. And, actually, and I was yeah. going to say, I think there are six actual pitches, aren't there? Because you've got two. There's yes. one over there, the MPL, which is got two. Uh, T- Teddington Town. Yes. Then there's Hampton Hill yes. over in the distance. And at the back here... The MPL. MPL. MPL play as well. And Hampton Wick, Wick yes. are in there. So there's lots of cricket play it's around amazing, here. Really. Yeah. And, and yet you have managed to get already 400 Colts and you're thinking you might even get 500 Colts. Yes, I would hope so, yes. And I think cricket's a great game for children at the end of the day. You know, it's it's played in the sunshine. It's, uh, it's, it's friendly, you know, particularly when you've got good coaches who can who can organise things well, the children can play with hard balls, soft balls, whatever level tennis balls they start with, and, and we've got a lot of space, so that's our natural advantage in terms of numbers. But I think you know we've we've built our junior setup now since I can't remember exactly when it all started, but you know it started with a few uh, dads uh, bringing their sons down who are now bringing their children down to play cricket here, and it's grown steadily. Uh, year by year, and as fixtures start to come in and all that kind of stuff, that's 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 good. And we're filling in the gaps that are left by the fact that the schools don't play much cricket anymore or almost nothing. So we've got a market a push, and we can provide that. And uh, is, there's and a lot of volunteers you rely on, though, as well. There is, there is huge number of volunteers. I think there's something like. I think there's something like 200 members of the club who have some form of volunteering role, because that's the number. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Well, we could do. You know, whether it be whether it be a scorer, an umpire, a captain, an age group manager, a coach, uh, a helper behind the bar, or or whatever it is. Right? There's an enormous number of people who give a little bit of time um, to 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 keep it all going. And without that, you would, you know, club cricket would be. It, that, well, that is club cricket, isn't it? That is club cricket. Listen, I know about it because my dad was a, a coach at Ealing for like 40 years or something, mm. and yeah. you know he was up and down the club yeah. virtually every night. Yeah. And my uh, my mother, who is still alive, my father yeah. died a couple of years ago. My mother yeah. still has all his sort of score sheets and um, address books and yeah. uh, pl- you know plans for yeah. Colts evenings and yeah. you know yeah. uh, it's amazing actually with yeah. the, 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 the the commitment yeah. these sort of people put in. So William, what is the secret? to running a successful club like this, would you say? You've had lots of experience of it. Well, it's, you've got to first you've got to have a plan what you're trying to do. I think that's the first one. We decided we want to stay and remain a top Premier League club. That's plan one. And we want to run a big junior section. And OK, and then how do you do it? And then you just, the basic answer is surround yourself by good people. Who Can you work out who can do what? You're trying to give them the right jobs. Uh, we've just got a new coach here, in fact. Um, Ab- yeah. You're talking Abby, are you? Yeah, Abby Dijunwalia, who's, who's actually a former IPL Absolutely. cricketer. He's got uh, immense pedigree, and he's a director of cricket now, isn't right. he? He was at Richmond, and um, there was Adam London was doing it there, and he said, came to us and said, can I, can I do it here? And we met him, and we had quite you know, strong chats, I think it's fair to say, uh, you know, and it's like, right, this is a guy. So, the, yeah, it's getting yourself around the right people and sort of setting an agenda. And the main, the main thing is to make sure that everybody feels they can say what they want to, have a view, listen, 
and then you make some decisions and it's worked from that point very very well we're very what about you i mean you as a, a chairman uh, is it are there sleepless nights you know worrying about the the, the clubs you know anything i mean you know the flags that are going around the boundary or the the, uh, the bar, that someone's looking after the bar or that you've got enough money to run the Colts festival or I don't know. I mean, uh, that, Our big thing was we were very close to getting relegated a couple of times and I think that would have been very difficult for us at that stage. We, we'd, we'd gone, it was about as close as I got to sleep for nights. But. So it's really about, I suppose, getting lots of interest and, and I guess, you know, what, what are the plans for the future? Because I feel that, that looking at the way COVID has impacted on mm-hmm. the game of cricket that actually clubs could become real, even more than they are now, centres of the community. One would hope so, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, with our new pavilion, I mean, we really do want it to be the centre of community. So we've done quite a lot in, you know, we are part of the community. We want to be more in the community than than as much as we can be. Um, uh, I mean, and have you got plans to, to use this space we've got behind it? So it's, well, it's got a lovely. We, we want to remain big... a cricket club. Yes. I think that's very important. Right. You never go away from the fact that you know we want to be, we want to be a cricket club. It was built. This has been built with the members' money, and obviously donations, grants, and, and other things. But it is we want to be. We don't want to lose our roots of being coming a cricket club. So we don't want to become a wedding venue or, or a, you know. So we remain a cricket club. You know, try and always provide the best facilities that we can for. For every level of cricket, from the you know the team guys who are playing out there today, who are f- basically almost you know first class or a little bit below, very very good club cricketers, right down to our fourth team players who are playing here, who maybe aren't quite as good, and all the juniors as well. One of the things when we built this pavilion, one of the things that we really looked at was uh, making sure we got enough facilities to be able to play multiple games at the same time, and, and also play girls cricket as well and, and ladies cricket. So we built four changing rooms. We never had that before, so we can divide them all off so we can play girls cricket we've had lots of young uh, you know at our lowest level we they start at five and then we get lots of boys and girls joining at five and six and seven and then historically we've had a relationship with uh, bushy park girls which is a collaboration between all the clubs in the park to bring their girls at sort of age 10 11 together into a into a common team but Girls cricket is now getting so popular, and it's getting. And so, our really our next big step, I think, is to get our own big girls section going, and then eventually get into playing ladies cricket. I think that will be a very good thing for us to do in terms of growing numbers, participation numbers, uh, just growing the diversity within the uh, within the uh, community, and just making us, uh, you know, a good place to come and play cricket. The great and the good of Middlesex have been down here over the last few days, and. They're beginning to mumble and say, well, it'd be quite nice to play T20 or even a four-day game here. Yeah. We've probably got some work to do on our outfield, which is the next thing to do. It's yeah. just a bit rough, and we, you know, yeah. and we, that's the next capital project. Yeah. If we got that to the right level, I don't see why we wouldn't be good enough shape to, to do that. That would be quite exciting yeah, to have some professional cricket here. Not often, but just just a few. And then that would get more people here. We everybody then here about you, it. I can sort of see it as a, a sort of lovely festival ground, actually, with marquees and everything around. And certainly you, you aren't short of space. And uh, you might have the odd deer roaming across <laughs> onto the outfield, but, you know, it adds, adds a bit of interest. Different, different. Yeah. Actually, that was probably the biggest thing of why making you sleep those nights, now you go back to that, is deer getting caught in a net. That is the no-no. Everything we can. The Royal Parks don't mind basically what we do, but if a deer gets caught in the nets, we are in deep, deep, deep trouble. <laughs> but uh, 
Well, it's a fascinating and unusual uh, challenge, actually, for a cricket club president. Anyway, guys, thanks for your time and, and good luck with the, the rest of the season. It's a baking hot day here uh, at Teddington and uh, the ladies score, well, Hampstead are struggling, really, 132 for five, chasing that colossal 337. It is the most divine day to play cricket. I'm very envious, actually, of all the people taking part in this game, which is an incredibly high standard with the likes of Nick Gubbins and uh, Sam Robson and Abby Juden Wally on, on the outfield as well so it's been good watching and it's just been a pleasure actually for all the people around here today to be able to enjoy a day of cricket and actually be able to get close to the boundary rather than be shut out and have to watch it on TV hopefully this kind of weather will be up north tomorrow and we can rejoin you and look back on the fourth day's play from Old Trafford in the meantime from Teddington it's goodbye <laughs> Podcast Network.